Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Morning. Why don't we, why don't we welcome him? Amen. Glad that you've all chosen to be with us this morning in the house of the Lord. Amen. John 5, starting at verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity 38 years. Now notice that there was a lot of people by the pool, right? There was many, a multitude of sick folks, people that needed healing. But the scripture dials in on one dude. Somebody say one dude. Am I allowed to say, dude, I'm 47? Amen. A certain man, somebody say a certain man was there, which had an infirmity 38 years, begins to uh, detail the situation of one man. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, He saith unto him, Will thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, And walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. Ephesians 3 and 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject just for a little while by the help and inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Enemies to expectation. Enemies to to expectation. Why don't you lay your Bibles down right where you're at. Lift your hands unto the Lord and just begin to ask Him to speak in this house. God, we need you today. Lord, we are totally, completely dependent, God, upon you this morning. God, I ask that you would move in this house today, Lord. 
I pray, God, that you would anoint our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to be understanding of your word. God, break every negative mindset, Lord, every stronghold that binds, God. I pray against every enemy of expectation, Lord, and faith. And I pray that there would be a loosing in this house. Increase our faith, and we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. You can be seated. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Somebody say expectation. Where's my help? Tell mom I need my visual aid. Praise the Lord. Expectation. What do you expect? Elbow your neighbor and ask him, what do you expect? Amen. What do you expect to happen? Amen. Is there, is there a desire in your life? Is there an expectation? Is there a need in our world that, that needs to be met? Is there something in our world that's empty that needs to be filled? Come on. Is there a deficiency in your world that, that, that you yourself cannot take care of and you need the Lord to help with it? Amen. What is the expectation? Amen. Are, are you expecting something to happen in your life? Is there, is, are you hoping for the future? Amen. Are you, uh, uh, have you given up on the future or are you hoping for the future? Amen. Uh, what is your, what is your, the health of your expectation? Amen. I want to tell you this morning that we will have exactly what we expect. Amen. We won't be able to get a hold of anything more than what we expect to happen in our lives. Amen. We have to grow in expectation. Amen. Growing in the Lord is growing in faith. Amen. It's growing in expectation. And the more revelation that you get about who he is, the more you expect him to do in your life. Come on. And, and I want to tell you this morning that if we're not growing in revelation of, of who he is, we're dying. Amen. There's no sitting on the bench and there's no uh, maintenance mode that we can get in and just keep what we have and not go any further and keep ourselves from falling back. If we're not growing in the Lord, if we're not increasing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, come on, if we're not growing in the revelation of who he is in our lives personally, then we're dying. Amen. I don't know about anybody else in this building, but I know that God wants to do greater things than he's ever done. He wants to do more than he's ever done. He wants to show us more than we know. He wants to show us more than we've ever seen. Somebody say amen. 
I believe that we serve a God that has not finished the task. Amen. I believe that he's still working. I believe that he's still moving. Amen. I believe that there's a, that there's a storm of rain that wants to fall on this city. Amen. I believe that there's a revival that God wants to bring to each family under the sound of my voice. Amen. But let me tell you what the problem is this morning. The problem is not the plan of God. The problem is, is the, 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 what God wants to do is greater than the expectation that we have to receive it. Come on. What God wants to do is bigger than our mindset and our ability to receive what he has to do. All right. Come on. Here we go. We need a visual aid. Amen. All right. Luke, come here. We'll give you the little fun. Ashlyn, we'll give you the big funnel. You stand, you stand over here. See, when you sit on the front row, Mason. All right, turn around her so they can see your funnels. Amen. Have you ever tried to, to use a funnel? How many ever tried to use a funnel? Amen. Most everybody, we, we understand this concept. We, we want the top to be big because we got shaky. You ever try to pour oil in a small funnel or not use a funnel? Amen. How many, how many of you ever tried to pour oil in a vehicle and not use a funnel? What I used to do is I, I'd get a water bottle, cut the bottom off of it. Come on, amen. That's what you call hillbilly innovation right there. The top we want to be bigger because what's going on is being poured in fast. Amen. And we want it to be able to hold exactly what's being poured in. Amen. The top of the funnel's bigger is because we don't want to spill what we're pouring in. Amen. And, and the, the smaller end is, is smaller because it's got to fit in what it's going in. Amen. And so, so it's smaller on the bottom and it's bigger on the top. Amen. It's, a, it's, it's funneled in a way that you can, you can get a lot of fluid in or whatever you're pouring, whether it's oil or water, whatever it is, gasoline. Amen. When you run out of gas, often, Luke, you got to carry a funnel. Praise the Lord. Amen. We all have been given a measure of faith, the Bible says. Amen. Each of us has been dealt a measure of faith. Some of us have little faith. <laughs> Some of us have medium faith. Amen. And some of us have big faith. Come on. Amen. Faith to receive. How many know that faith is, is putting your trust in God to receive what you need from Him? Amen. How many know that there's certain things in our lives that only God can do? Amen. There's certain things that we need to trust only Him for. And faith is believing in His Word that He's going to do exactly what He said He was going to do. Amen. But the, the plan of heaven is bigger than our capability to really receive 
receive what he has. That's why he said he's able to do exceeding abundantly above what we can ask or even think. Amen. How many know that the plan and the purpose of God is bigger than our natural ability to receive what he has? How many know that we're not going to be able to receive what God has for us without an operation of the Spirit of God in our lives? Come on. There has to be a, a broadening of the borders. Come on. There has to be a broadening of the spirit, of the heart, of the mind to prepare us for what God wants to do. Amen. He is able to do exceeding abundantly. But the question is, is the Lord working in our lives in a way that he can do exactly what he wants and plans to do? Somebody say amen. He gave us the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God is the, is, is the earnest of our inheritance, the Bible says. He didn't just give us something that, that's just a, a little bit of what we need. Come on. He didn't just give us of His Spirit just, just a, a little touch of something that, that, that's not really going to meet the need. And He keeps uh, the rest of it back. No, no, no. The operation of the Holy Ghost in our lives is everything that we need. Come on, the operation of the Holy Ghost in our lives is the plan and the purpose of God for us. Amen. It's through the Spirit of God that the Lord funnels His plan into our lives. It's through the Spirit of God that He funnels His resources into our lives. It's through the Spirit of God that He funnels revelations of who He is into our lives. And I want to preach to you today, if you're not open to the operation of the Holy Ghost, you're going to be dried up and missing everything that God has for you. But if you're open to what the Holy Ghost wants to do, you're going to have everything that you need. Somebody say amen. God's trying to pour in. Somebody say God's trying to pour in. But a lot of us have a hard time receiving from what he wants to do. Somebody say amen. Amen. We, we have the faith that he's God. Come on. We have the faith that he's able. Amen. Uh, we don't believe that there's any problem on his end. Come on. We, we, most of us that are in this building today, we believe his word. We, we believe what he's done in our lives. We believe uh, what he said. Amen. We have, we have, we have a, a, a great faith in who God is. Amen. We have great faith in his ability to, to, to be God. Amen. We're big on that end. Amen. We believe that he's able to heal and we believe that he's able to, to provide and he's able to, 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 to restore and do all that he says in his word. Amen. The problem is on, on our end. Amen. The problem's not God's end. It's our end. Amen. Our end, we, we quench what God wants to do. Amen. Because we believe other people can be healed, but we just don't believe he can heal us. Come on. We believe other people can be delivered, but we just don't believe he wants to do that for us. Come on. We need to break it out tonight. We need to have a breakthrough in the spirit and revelation today and understand that God loves you and he has the best for you. Amen. Are you guys uncomfortable? <laughs> if you are, I'm going to make you stand up here a little longer. Okay. Give me the funnels. You get the picture? I'm going to get rid of the little funnels. I'm just going to keep the big one. How many knew God wants to do great things? Amen. 
This story that we, that, that we read in the book of John, this guy is, uh, the Bible tells us that he's an impotent man. Okay? Uh, he, it's very important that we pay attention to the details of the story. Amen. There's a, there's a place in Jerusalem where there was a pool and there was uh, five porches around it. It was uh, um, canopies like to, to shelter those that were sitting at the pool from the sun. Man, to shelter them from the elements. And, and, and the pool was called Bethesda. It means a house of mercy. Okay? And so there was a, a story, a myth, a saying that, uh, that during a certain season that an angel would come down and trouble the water. Now, I've heard a lot of commentary on th this passage of Scripture. Amen. That, uh, that there were certain times, uh, reasons why the angel would show up to trouble the water. Amen. I heard one guy say that there was a drain that was, came from the temple where they did all the sacrifice in a certain season. The sacrifice, uh, all the sacrifice that was being made in the temple that the blood would filter down into the water. And the angel would respond to the blood that was in the water from the sacrifice. And the per first person in would be healed. I don't know. That's a lot of speculation. I mean, I don't even know if it's true. And it doesn't say, it doesn't give a record uh, of any particular person that was healed. But people were going there because there was a hope. People were going there because, because they heard a story that possibly, maybe, they could get over the, the deficiency or the weakness or uh, the impotency in their life. Amen. And, and, and how many know that there is no shortage of sick folks? Amen. How many that says there was a multitude of, uh, of, of blind, amen, of impotent folk, uh, diseased, sick, weak, feeble. How many know feebleness is a lack of physical strength as a result of age or illness? Amen. Uh, there, was, there was a lot of people that weren't, that, that weren't up to par. Amen. They were lacking in some area of their life. And they filled those porches to the place where they were full. Amen. There was a multitude of them sitting around the pool waiting for the troubling of the water. Amen. They, they, were, they were waiting for. They were anticipating they, they were waiting and expecting the moving of the water. Amen. Uh, they, were, they were waiting and expecting something to happen. Amen. Uh, they, they were waiting for the troubling of the water so that the, they could move in an instant when, when the angel was moving. Amen. How many know that we got to be ready to move when God's moving? Amen. We got to be ready to go when God's going. Come on. If there's not an expectation in our hearts and there's not a readiness of mind and will to be ready when God's speaking and when God's moving, we will sit back and we will question the movement that got in the direction that God has given us because our spirit and our heart was not ready to do what God was purposing for us to do. Amen. There has to be an expectation and a readiness in our spirit where we're looking for to what God wants to do. Amen. I've done a lot of things in my past uh, that I'm not glad about. Amen. But I'm not focusing on my past. Uh, I'm looking to my future and I'm expecting great things uh, of what God wants to do. Amen. Somebody say, look forward. Expectation causes preparation. Amen. And preparation in effect causes an increased expectation. Amen. If there's expectation in your spirit, amen, there will be preparation that takes place. And whenever you make preparation for what you're expecting, there will be a growing 
expectation in your heart of what's going to happen. Amen. What is the enemy of expectation? The enemy of expectation, one of the enemies is idleness. Amen. It's not doing anything. Come on, somebody. This guy, Jesus, looked at this dude, and he's been sitting there. He had this infirmity for 38 years. Somebody say, that's a long time. Amen. And he looked at the guy, and he saw him lie, which means he, he saw him laying there on his bed. And he knew by looking at him that he had been there a long time. The Bible says, uh, in the scripture, it says a long time in that case. Amen. But if you, uh, the, the word case is written in italics, so they added that for readability. Amen. But really, if you read it in the Hebrew, it says he had been there for a long time. Amen. He, was, he had been at the pool in that situation for a long time. Amen. He had, he had laid there so long that he could no longer lift himself up and do and chase after the expectation that he once had. Amen. How many know that sometimes our expectations are not met? And when our expectations are not met, we, 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 we step back a little bit from what we expected because we don't like the idea of being disappointed. Amen. Anytime you're disappointed and you don't get exactly what you thought you should get, you take a step back from expectation because it hurts a little bit to be disappointed. Amen. But I want to tell you today that if you place your life in God's hands, you can trust him to do exactly what you need him to do. Amen. You can believe him. He may not do it in the timing that you want him to do, but if he gives you a word, he's going to do it whether you believe it or not. Amen. Come on. Help me know that he's going to do what he said. Somebody say he's going to do what he said. He'd been there so long that he had become inactive. Amen. Being in a case or in a situation too long can breed uh, unbelief. It can breed uh, atrophy. Does anybody know what atrophy is? It's a, it's a wasting away. Amen. If you, uh, the, word, the word feeble in, in this uh, passage of Scripture... Uh, withered. Amen. Many of these people were withered. If you, if you put your right arm in a sling, and there might not be anything wrong with it, but if you put your right arm in a sling and you, and, and you restrict movement, and you don't use that right arm, and you just use your left arm, that, that right arm at some point will become inactive or unable to do what it used to be able to do. Amen. That's why you can't let pain restrict you. Amen. Because even though it hurts, it's doing you a little bit of good. Come on, somebody. Even though you might hurt on your leg to walk on your leg or hurt your arm to use your arm, if you quit using your arm, you're going to lose the use of that arm. But if you keep trying to use the arm, it will hang on. Come on. It will hang on and it will keep producing and it will keep moving. The worst thing you could do is lay down and not do anything. Come on. The worst thing we can do is lay down and become inactive in our prayer life, in our devotion with God 
God. Amen. What you want might not be happening in the moment, but if you sit back and you give up, there will be an atrophy that takes place in your life that will restrict you from ever receiving the promise of God in your life. I don't know about you, but I want to be ready when it's time. Come on. I want to be prayed up, read up, studied up, fasted up, and ready to go up. Somebody say amen. If you've been there in a long time, you've been in that state for a long time, uh, you will have a mind to stay there. Come on, because it hurts too much to move. It hurts too much to, to move around. And, and if you've been too long in, in one state or in one place, come on, I'm preaching to the saints right now. Amen. If you stayed in the revelation that you've got up until this point, if you're just staying there and you're happy, I want to tell you, you're not maintaining, you're atrophying. Come on, you're going backwards. Amen. There's got to be a constant desire to know more, to learn more, to have more, to be greater, for my faith to increase. There's got to be a constant desire for me to grow in worship. Come on, to grow in revelation, to grow in the wonderful works of the Lord. Somebody say amen. I got an amen back there. Did you hear that? <laughs> Somebody say amen. I want to grow in God. Amen. I'm on, I don't want to let my present circumstances, come on, the, the, the negative circumstances keep me from getting what God has for me. Amen. Just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. Just because it didn't happen in your window or your time set uh, that, that you placed on it. Amen. Doesn't mean that it's never going to happen. You got to trust the plan and the purpose of God in, in your life. If you're in a trial and you've been there for a long time, you need to try to understand that trial and what you need to learn from it. Come on, because God has you there for a reason. He's not just flying by the seat of his pants, letting whatever happen happen. There's a reason you are where you're at. Somebody say, man, I want to know. Somebody say, I want to know. When Jesus saw him, he knew our posture. Somebody say your posture. Dictates your expectation. <laughs> Our posture. What is posture? How you carry yourself. The position that you're in. Amen. Now, if you've been sleeping during this sermon... I'm watching you. I'm just teasing. If you've been sleeping during the sermon, you're not really interested. You're not really aware. Come on. You're not really ready to receive. How many know somebody that's in expectation has a certain posture about them? Come on. They're alert. They're aware of everything that's happening around them. There's a readiness of mind. There's an anticipation and a longing. Amen. For the moment when that which they have been hoping for, waiting for, praying for comes to pass. Amen. When, when, you're, when you're constantly sowing in prayer and sowing in the word of the Lord. Come on. There is a constant expectation that is present in your spirit that's waiting for the answer and waiting 
waiting for the response to God because we know when we call on him, he's going to answer us and he's going to show us great and mighty things that we know not. Amen. But if we're not moving, if we're not praying, if we're not reading, studying and seeking and asking for what God wants for our lives, there will be a lack of expectation and anywhere there's a lack of expectation, I want to tell you that God is going to be unable to do what he wants to do because of a lack of readiness to receive on our end. I don't know about you, but I want all that he has for my life. I want him to do whatever he needs to do. Say whatever he needs to say for his will to come to pass in my life. Somebody say amen. In Mark 6, why don't you bring it up here for us. Mark 6, verse 1. In chapter 5, Jairus comes to Jesus. He's a ruler in the synagogue, and his daughter is sick even unto death. He comes to Jesus. He's like, will you come with me? My, my daughter, she's, she's sick unto death. And Jesus starts going with him. Well, right when he starts going with him, there's a woman, the Bible calls it an issue of blood. She had an issue of blood for 12 years. And she purposed in her heart, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Amen. There was a crowd thronging him. She pressed her way, the Bible says, through the crowd, touched the hem of his garment, and immediately the fountain of blood was dried up. And Jesus, knowing that virtue had gone out of him, stops and says, who touched me? How many remember the story? And his disciples are like, Jesus. Everybody's touching you. They're thronging you. We're in a crowd. They're, they're, they're trying to get close to you. Everybody's touching you. What do you mean who touched you? No, no, no. Somebody touched me with faith. Right? Because it's one thing to go to church. It's another thing to be ready for church when you get there. Come on. It's one thing to go where Jesus is supposed to be. But it's another thing to purpose in your heart the need that you have and have expectation that when you touch them, you're going to get it. Amen. We don't just need dead church. We need people that's alive and ready to get what God wants. Amen. She steps up and says, it was me. It was me. I had a fountain. Uh, I was bleeding and it wouldn't stop for 12 years. And I tried everything. Come on. I tried every doctor. I spent all my money on physicians, but it rather grew, grew worse. The condition didn't get better. It got worse. But when I touched the hem of your garment, I was made whole. And he said, go and, and be whole of thy plague. I want to tell you this morning, he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. If you do, if you believe that he can do it somebody say amen amen Jairus is pulling on Jesus he's trying he's trying to talk to the woman and Jairus is pulling on Jesus to come on my daughter's sick come on my daughter's sick as they're going to Jairus's house a servant from Jairus's comes and says don't trouble the master anymore she's dead don't trouble the master don't worry about praying. She's dead. You could see, I, I guarantee you, you could see the look on Jairus' face went from expectation to what did Jesus say? Don't, don't doubt. 
only believe. Right? Only believe. How many know love believeth all things? Only believe. I want to tell somebody, only believe. Only believe that that what you're praying for is going to come to pass. Don't make excuse for it not coming to pass. Come on. Don't make excuse for the will of God not coming to fruition in your life. Come on. You need to set your heart to believe the word of God for your life. Believe for healing. Believe for deliverance. Any other word will not come out of my mouth. Jesus was saying only believe. Because if you let your posture come down, I can't come to your house and do what I've already purposed to do. you got to believe with me. Come on. You got to believe for what I have purposed. Amen. Somebody say amen. They got to the house. The mourners were already there. Wailing. Crying. I want to tell you, there's no, there's no shortage in life of people that are willing to mourn with you. Amen. They'll sit with you and they'll talk about how bad it is. Come on. They'll help you cry. They'll help you mope. Come on. They'll help you feel sorry for yourself. Come on. They'll help you. Well, Jesus went in. They're mourning and they're crying and they're wailing, trying to help the family mourn. Jesus steps in and says, what are you crying for? She's just sleeping. They laughed him, the Bible says, to scorn. They started laughing at him. And he said, you know what? Get out of the house. The Bible says he put them out of the house. I was going to do it to Mason, but I, Luke won't get offended at me. Now, we've mourned too long. And he shut the door. Don't leave. <laughs> Amen. He shut the door. He, he, he put him out of the house and he closed the door on it. Amen. He said, get out of the house because there's no place in this house for mourning when healing is on the way. Come on. There's no place for darkness and mourning and wailing when God's got a purpose because Jesus wouldn't be there if he didn't have a purpose to bring to pass. Come on. He said, before I, I do this, I got to get some things out of the house. Come on. I got I to gotta blow open your end of the tunnel, your end of the funnel. You got to realize that I'm wanting to heal you and you're still mourning over what you did or what happened. And God's not worried about any of that. He's not worried about the sickness. He knows that he's healing. And that's all that matters. Somebody say amen. Get your mind off of the negative. Get your mind off of the doubting. Get your mind out of the unbelief. Get your mind off of he won't and he don't want to. And I'm not good enough. And it'll never happen for me. I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. I lose faith to believe all that God has purposed. When you hear your friends start talking negative, you ought to speak up and say, hold on a minute. Only believe. Come on. That's the will of God, isn't it, Zach? Only believe. 
Speak it. Speak it. Call those things that be not as though they were. Talk about it as if it's already happened. Come on. Proclaim it and declare it to the atmosphere and every spirit around you that he's got my life in his hands and he's got good for me. If you don't believe it, who's going to? Come on. We got to believe it. Somebody say amen. Jesus goes in, heals the woman, heals the little girl, 12 years old, gets a hold of her hand, says, rise. She stands up. They give her something to eat as if nothing happened. His disciples are like, what's he doing? He's showing them. This is my desire. Amen. You go from chapter five and you step into chapter six. Six verse one. Therefore, and he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought by his? Go ahead. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Verse 6. And he marveled because of their unbelief. He was there to do exactly what he did in the city he was in before. Come on. The Bible says he went everywhere, where, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Somebody say amen. But when he went to his hometown, the place where they knew him, they knew him as Jesus, the carpenter's son. But how many know his father wasn't really Joseph? His father was God. Amen. He was just standing in the place of an earthly father protecting him in a way that an earthly father does. Help bringing him up, bringing bacon, bringing home the bacon, feeding him. Amen. Protecting him. But how many know that his purpose was greater than being a carpenter? Amen. But when he stepped into Capernaum, they could not get past his physical, natural presence. Amen. They couldn't get past the, 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 the lowly birth. Come on. They couldn't get past uh, uh, the family that he came out of. Amen. There, there was a certain amount of unbelief that settled upon them because of familiarity. Amen. Becoming so familiar with it 
that they, it could, they could no longer receive it as a marvelous work or as a miracle. Amen. And, and Jesus was marveled. He was astonished by their unbelief and that he could not do any mighty work. Amen. He was marveled because of what he couldn't do, not what he could do. Amen. I want to tell you this morning that, that we hold the key because God is God. Amen. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. But it's according to. Come on. Somebody say according to. Amen. That means it's conditional. Amen. It's according to the power that worketh in us. Come on. Is the power that worketh in you faith in God? Or is the power that works in me unbelief? Come on. Is the power that's working in me greater than the thing that I'm up against? Or is the power that's working in me that I'm defeated already and I'm just waiting to die? I got to tell you tonight, this morning, that we got to get on board with what God wants. Amen. We got to have thy will be done in earth as it's already purposed in heaven you know we can become so familiar with church come on with preaching we can become so familiar with praying we can become so familiar with the presence of God that we no longer have expectation of the purpose that he wants to perform when he, when we are in his midst Come on, church. We can become so familiar with the routine and in on Sunday morning and in on Thursday night. Come on, in on Bible study. And we can become so familiar with our daily routine that, 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 that we fall asleep while we're sitting on a pew. God forbid that we would be exactly where God wants us to be in a situation that he wants to heal us. And we'd be falling asleep and not ready to receive what God has for us. We need to wake up. Wake ourselves up open up and receive what God has man what's the best way to wake up what wakes you up quicker than anything my dad when we were kids Sunday mornings he'd come up one time Say, all right, roll up out of there. Reveille, reveille, up all hands. Woo, woo, woo. True story. When I was a kid, I hated that noise, but when I look back on it, it makes me laugh. He'd come up once, he'd pull the covers back, smack us on the rear end, do whatever he had to do to try to stir us up. He'd go back downstairs, pull him covers back up. Mm, there's no better sleep than after the time that you're supposed to be up. Isn't it? That's true. My last 15 minutes after I hit snooze, I'm sleeping better than I ever did. How many's ever turned the alarm off on accident and woke up? It's like an hour later, and you're like, oh my goodness. Thank God for wives. <laughs> hey, man, we crawl, roll back over and go to sleep, and we'd hear him coming up the steps. He had this little squirt gun, and he'd fill it up with cold water. And he'd stand far enough away 
that you couldn't reach him by throwing stuff at him. He'd hide behind the corner. And he would just squirt it, squirt it. Even if you pulled the covers up, he'd just squirt it on you because it's, eventually it's going to soak through. I remember my brother Neil coming up out of there one time all mad. He's like, well, get up. <laughs> right? The best way to wake up is, you know, we looked for that squirt gun for years. Didn't we? We scoured that house trying to, we found a paddle and we hid it. When we moved, we found, they found it under the refrigerator. But we couldn't find the squirt gun. Where'd you hide that squirt gun? I was ready to smash that thing with a sledgehammer. Amen. The best way to wake up is to become uncomfortable. Amen. Make yourself uncomfortable. And, and a lot of times when God wants to do something that we're not ready for, He will allow some things in our lives that will bring pain or will make us uncomfortable. Amen. But that's not necessarily just to hurt us. That's to get us in a position to where we can receive what he has for us. Amen. That's not uh, uh, pain prepares us for what God wants to do. Amen. Uh, being uncomfortable makes you ready to receive the blessing of the Lord. Amen. He knows that you're not going to be ready if he just gives you everything you want whenever you want it. Sit back in your comfort. Sit back in your air conditioning kick your feet up, sit back and watching your entertainment fall asleep. Amen. God's not satisfied with where you're at and we shouldn't be satisfied with where we're at. We should be willing to wake up, wake up and open our hearts and minds to what God wants to do. Somebody say amen. Amen. Fasting. Somebody say fasting. We'll wake you up. Amen. It'll wake you up to the plan and the purpose of God. Somebody say amen. Whenever we find ourselves slipping into an area of familiarity, amen, where we become so familiar with what we're doing, so familiar with church, so familiar with the name of Jesus, so familiar with the worship that we can't even feel the songs anymore, amen. The problem is not God. The problem is on our end. And if the problem is on our end, then only we can take care of it, amen. We got to position ourselves to hear the voice of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, you go two or three days without food, and you fall on your knees and you cry out to God broken before him he will come he will respond he will speak and he will heal somebody say amen I'm almost done amen we only expect to receive at the level that we have sown. It's a concept, a principle. It's a, it's a principle in the natural world. It's a principle in the spiritual world. If you sow to the flesh, you shall of the flesh reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Amen. Whatever you sow, 
you're going to reap. Come on. How many know that God is not mocked? Whatsoever you sow, that shall you also reap. Amen. You're going to get what you planted, right? We can only expect to receive at the level that we've sown. We must be willing to sow, somebody say plant, at the level that God wants to bless us. You know, He wants to do more than He's doing. And He wants to pour out more than He's pouring out. But He can only do that if there's a sowing on our end. 2 Corinthians 9 and 6 says, But I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he hath purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. He says, give and it shall be given. Pressed down, shaken together, running over shall God give. Right? But give first. Somebody say amen. We can only expect to receive at the level that we have given. Amen. It's a concept. It's a principle. When you give, you open yourself up to that which you will receive. Somebody say amen. If you work 40 hours, what do you expect to get paid for? Right. And when you work 15 hours of overtime, cha-ching, what do you expect to get paid for? Have you ever opened up your check and said, wow, they paid me for more than I worked. They're not going to stay in business very long if that's the case. No, no, no. Now, I've opened it up and said, now, they paid me for less. Hold on a minute. They're missing some hours somewhere. Right? Uh, they didn't give me what I deserve. They didn't give me what I was expecting. I was expecting to receive for what I worked. It's a concept, it's a principle that, that holds sure and, and steadfast in the spiritual realm. When you sow unto God, you will reap from Him. Amen. And when you sow in prayer, when you sow in fasting, when you sow in studying the Word of God, you will reap in revelation. You will reap in spiritual blessings. You will reap in faith. You will reap in healing. You will reap in wholeness. You will reap in peace of mind. It's a concept and a principle that will not fail. God's word is true. Whatever you sow yourself in, that will you also reap. If you're not expecting the right things, you're not sowing the right things. You need to start sowing things of God and we will reap the blessing of the Lord. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worth. We're not giving at the level that God wants us to give of ourselves. You know that it's, it's, it's funny, but I never, I've heard this said several times throughout the apostolic church, and it's a concept that we need to get understanding of, that the fire of God never falls on empty altars. Never. The fire of God will not fall on empty altars. The altars were there for what? Sacrifice. Amen. Sacrifice. What is sacrifice? (laughs) 
Sacrifice, what is it? It's, it's a laying of, down of something of value. Something that you like or want or want to keep a hold of. Come on, somebody. It's a laying down of, 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 of things that you do or maybe things that you have or, or things that are in your life that shouldn't be in your life. Come on. Laying, laying down of time. Amen. Upon the altar. How many know that God will respond? Amen. The fire of God will never fall on an altar that's empty. Amen. That tells me that if I don't do something here, then he's not going to give me what he has. Amen. If I don't, if I don't lay it down on the altar and give something to him, then he can't consume it with his fire and give me something that he has. Come on, it's a principle and it's a concept in Scripture that we got to understand that if we're sowing to the Spirit, we're going to reap of the Spirit. Amen. If we're sowing sparingly, just a little bit here and a little bit there, there's going to be just a trickle coming out on our end. But if we're sowing bountifully, amen, if we're sowing everything that we have, if we're sowing our time, sowing our finances, sowing our energy and our effort, then God will respond. Amen. It will be an outpouring in our lives. Somebody say amen. I'm preaching hard. James 5 17. James 5 17. I want you to put it up on the, on the board. We need to read this. Everybody okay? James 5.17. Go to 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. You know, your healing is not just about you praying. Come on. But it's about the people next to you praying for you. Confess your faults one to another. And pray for each other that you may be healed. Amen. How many know that we need to pray for each other collectively, corporately, as a body? Come on, somebody. Other, other Christians, other people that need prayer, we need to pray for them. It's important. That's why we have the prayer chain. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. What does that word availeth mean? Yeah, it, it accomplishes something. It accomplishes much. Amen. Because the, the effectual, fervent prayer, heartfelt, passionate, motivations right, prayer from a man who sincerely, or a woman sincerely living for God, carries a lot of weight in the kingdom of God. This is something that we need to understand because God hears my prayer. Come on. God just don't hear the pastor's prayer. God hears your prayer. Come on. Amen. Somebody say, God hears my prayer. If we believe that God hears us when we pray and He responds to what we're praying about, we'll pray. But if we don't believe that he's going to respond, we will not pray. 
Amen. we got to understand that a lot of times God's waiting for us to open up our mouths and ask Him to do exactly what He wants to do. Amen. We need to ask Him to do what we need Him to do. And we just think, well, He knows what we need before we ask. Yeah, that's right. But that don't mean you don't have to ask. Come on. He said, ask and you shall. Seek and you shall. Knock and it shall be. Come on, if you do it on your end, God's going to be God on the other end. And I want to tell you, He is God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Amen. Next scripture. I'm almost done. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of... Of three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth brought forth her fruit. Wow. Anybody know the story of Elijah? Amen. Because of the wickedness of the leadership of Israel. Amen. Ahab and Jezebel, the, the queen. The prophet went to Ahab and he said, it's not going to rain until I say. Read it. It's not going to rain anymore. He preached to him. He preached to him. He preached to him. He preached to him. They wouldn't change their ways. And he said, guess what? It's not going to rain until I say. Wow. And when he prayed to God, what did God do? Shut the rain off. Three year, three and a half years. Imagine what this place would look like with three and a half years of drought. Amen. It took that long before Israel was ready to do what needed to be done to bring them back into alignment with the Spirit of God. Remember what I said about pain and suffering? They said, come on, Elijah, we got to talk. Because this ain't working. Elijah said, okay. Meet me at the altar. Meet me at the altar. Let's talk. Meet me at Mount Carmel. Amen. They all showed up at Mount Carmel. He said, all right, all you prophets of Baal, the prophets of Baal were false prophets. Prophets prophesying after their own desires, after their own will. A lot of their, their rituals, religious rituals, were sexual. Wow. Terrible. Amen. He said, all right, go ahead, build your altar. You cry unto your God. Amen. And I'll cry unto my God. And the God that answers by fire, that's the God that we're going to serve. Amen. You go first. They got out there. They, they, they built their altar. They were doing their thing. Dancing around their altar, cutting themselves. All the way till, till the evening sacrifice, all day long. 
Elijah's sitting back there watching him. Maybe he's asleep. Cry a little louder. Yeah, maybe he's on a journey. Maybe, maybe he's took his, his, maybe he got down off the throne and quit being God. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he can't hear you. What it, right? He's just teasing him. Antagonizing him. Picking at him. Finally, he'd had enough. And he said, sit down. Build an altar unto the Lord, like in Scripture says. Put sacrifice on the altar. Wood on the altar. Took 12 barrels of water. Water was precious because there was a famine. He took 12 barrels of water and dumped it on the altar. You know, the very thing that you're in need of, that, light, that part of your life that's connected to that thing, that's what needs to be on the altar. Because seeds sown, they always produce after their own kind. Amen. He sowed water because they desperately needed water. Amen. He dumped, he dumped on the altar what he did not have to give. Wow. Because it's easy to give something that you have a lot of. It's not really a sacrifice. But try giving God something that you don't have a lot of. That's why a lot of people struggle with giving money. Because they don't have very much of it. And every cent that they have, they hold on to with tight grip. Amen. When God's saying, if you give me what you have, I'll open up the windows of heaven. And I'll give you what I have. How many know he always has more than we have? Amen. He dumped 12 barrels of water on that altar and he cried out unto the Lord. The Bible says at the time of the evening sacrifice, because Elijah did it according to scripture. Amen. And the way he was taught from his father. Amen. He, he built that altar according to the word of God. And at the time of the evening sacrifice, just like he did every day of his life, that wasn't the first altar Elijah ever built. He knew how God responded and he knew that God was going to respond with fire to what he put on the altar because he always responds when it's according to his word and when God responded the Bible says he responded with fire and it burnt the wood and it burnt up the stones and it lapped up all the water it consumed everything that Elijah put on that altar how many know the people of Israel Because when you build an altar according to the word of God, he will respond. He will respond. He said, okay, it's time to make a decision. They took all the prophets of Baal and they killed him with the sword. Because some things need to be killed completely. And he turned around the very next scripture after they killed the prophets of Baal. He turned to Ahab. And he said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. 
Come on, somebody. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. It hadn't rained for three and a half years, but now that we're in a condition to receive it, Come on, now that we're ready to receive it, now that we've visited to altar, now that we've got our hearts back right with God, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. The Bible said he went to the top of the mountain, prayed unto the Lord with his head between his knees, and he took his servant. He said, go look. Go look over the sea and see. Nothing. Right? Seven times. Nothing. Still nothing. Third time. Still nothing. No. Blue skies. Maybe you missed it. Right? Go look again. Somebody say, go look again. Amen. Because when Elijah prayed, he expected God to answer. Come on. Our problem is when we pray, we don't expect God to answer. Amen. We don't keep track of it even. Amen. We'll pray prayers just, we'll, we'll pray what we want, but we'll never keep track of the prayers that we pray. And when you don't keep track of the prayer you prayed, how do you know when God's going to answer it? We'll pray one day and forget the next. If you want God to do something in your life, you need to pray it with passion, with fervency, with the right motives. You need to write it down and the day you prayed for it, and you need to start watching for it. Right? Nope, not today. I, I don't see it. Go look again. Amen. Because eventually God's going to do what he promised. Amen. Because he hears my prayer when I pray. And the Bible tells me that Elijah was a man of like passions as we are. Yet when he prayed that God hearkened to his prayer, what was he trying to tell us? If he hearkened to the voice of Elijah, he will hearken to our voice if we pray diligently for the things that we wish God to do. Amen. Go look. Tell them, go look again. Amen. We need to pray our prayer. Write it down on, the, on a piece of paper. Put a date on it and say, I'm not giving up on this prayer until it comes to pass. I'm watching for it. Amen. And guess what? When you see that prayer come to pass, you'll be able to write down your testimony of what that is and it'll build your faith. And the next prayer you pray, just start with one. Make it a big one. Make it a big one because God hears our prayer. I can't emphasize this enough. God hears our prayer. The Bible says when Daniel prayed that the, the, the answer was released the first time that he prayed, but there was, there was resistance in the spirit world that would not allow the answer to get to him for 21 days, but he didn't give up on his prayer. He kept calling out to the name of the Lord, calling out for what he wanted to happen, and eventually heaven broke through. Come on. I want to tell you, if you pray, heaven will break through and do exactly what God has purposed. Stand with me all around the building. The last time he went, he said, oh, whoo, I 
see a cloud. Hey, I see a cloud, Elijah. <laughs> it's the size of a man's hand. It's not a very big cloud. Because when you see it afar off, come on, it might not look that big. But I'm going to tell you, when God sends it, when God sends it, how do they used to say? Uh, what's the word he used to say when it would rain a lot? Something gusher. Golly washer. That's it. That's hillbilly talk. Well, it's fixing to rain. The wind starts blowing. Sky gets dark. It's going to be a golly washer. My dad would say a golly washer. That's how they talk in Noble County, too. Isn't it? Amen. Golly washer. Amen. It's going, it's going to rain. It started out as the size of a man's hand. But he said, you better go tell Ahab that if he don't want to get soaking wet, if he don't want to get caught in the storm, he better leave now. Because it's not raining now, but it's coming. Come on. Why did Elijah have such confidence? Because he prayed. And he understood that the God that he prays to hears. Amen. And he was fixing to get a rain that they haven't had for a long time. I come to tell this church, Cambridge, Ohio, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Amen. It may not look like much right now, but there's some prayers that's been going up and God's responding. There is an abundance of rain getting ready to be loosed upon this city. I ask you this morning, what's the problem? What are you expecting? Come on. What are you expecting to happen? Are you expecting anything from the Lord? If you haven't been sowing, you're probably not expecting. Amen. But if you have, you know that God is at work. You know that God is moving. Amen. I am going to give Him the right to pour into that whatever he wants to pour into it. And I have made up my mind, Lord, whatever you got to do to prepare me to receive it, here I am. Come on. What is it that you need from the Lord today? What is it that you desire to put his hand on? Come on. What is, what, what is that one prayer in your life that you need God to respond to? What is it? I know there's, there's one thing, at least one thing in your life that you need God to do. What is that prayer? Amen. What is that desire? 
What is that need that you have? What is that deficiency in your world that you need Him to work on? I'm going to tell you right now, this altar is open and He will respond to your prayer. And after you pray it with an open heart and a sincere heart, you need to stand to your feet and you need to give Him praise for it. Write it down and keep track of it and begin to watch on what God's going to do. How many's willing to bypass all of those enemies of expectation? Amen. You wanna, you wanna, you, you wanna build it again, God. I don't want, I don't want atrophy in my life. I don't want complacency or indifference, Lord. I want passion, God, to be loosed in my world. I want a great desire and a hunger and a thirst for you to be loosed into my life, God. Help me to build expectation. Crawl into this altar today and cry unto the Lord today and tell Him what you need. Hear us from heaven. Hear us from heaven. Come on. Lord, if they don't need anything, I sure do. I know that you'll answer my prayer. Give me theirs too. Come on. Give me mine and give me theirs. If they don't want it. and say, God, here it is. Here's my heart. Here's my mind. Here's my life. Here's my family. Here's my finances. Here's my health. I lay it on the altar. I need you to respond. I need you to help me. Lord, hear us from heaven. He's waiting to respond. Hear us from heaven. Hear us from heaven. On church, if you have unsaved loved ones, you need to be in this altar. Move the immovable, break the unbreakable. Come on, if you have needs in your life, you God, haven't asked too many times. You need to ask today. God, Make a petition for that. Come on, keep a record of it and say, God, I haven't forgotten the prayer that I prayed. We'll see a you answered Elijah. You'll answer me. God, Come on. You answered his prayer and you withheld the rain. You'll answer me when I cry to you. Move the immovable. Break the unbreakable. God, we believe. Come on. You'll never expect to receive what God, you don't sow. From the impossible, God, we believe. God, we believe for it. Move the immovable, break the
lay your hand on your neighbor right now and begin to pray for them. Find somebody to pray for. Find somebody to connect in prayer with. Come on, pray for their health. Pray for their healing. God, help them to be open, Lord. To what you have purpose, God. Line them up with your spirit, Lord. Fill them with hunger, God. And a thirst for righteousness. For holiness, God. For your plan and for your purpose. somebody else. Find somebody else to pray with. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.